This is the Be Helpful Podcast, where conversations with budding entrepreneurs prepare you for the wild journey of building a business or side hustle. I'm Boy Arbayo, and this week we kick off our episode series from our conversation with Evan Marshall, the COO of Black Menswear, a cultural impact agency. Over the next three episodes, Evan and I delve into a wide range of topics, from leveraging side hustles for career pivots to setting goals, improving communication skills, and the power of perseverance and partnership. Evan's insights and experiences will inspire and empower you on your own journey. We start off with part one of our interview with Evan, where you'll gain insights into leveraging your side hustle as a way to pivot your career and how to correctly follow up with folks and also the origin story of black menswear. So kick back, relax, and get ready to dive into the world of black menswear and the wisdom shared by Evan Marshall. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on parts two and three. Enjoy. The Be Helpful podcast is brought to you by Yensel. If you're looking for an easy to start side hustle with zero upfront cost, visit yensel.com. Yensel allows you to sell documents online. You can finally make money off of that spreadsheet that you made for your wedding or that travel itinerary you made for your last vacation. You can upload your documents and start selling in less than 10 minutes. Visit yensel.com to start your side hustle today. All right. Uh, today I sit down with Evan Marshall. Evan is the COO, Chief Operating and Outreach Officer of Black Menswear. How's it going, man? It's going well. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Man, uh, I appreciate it. I'm excited to learn more about Black Menswear, more about your entrepreneurial journey. And um, so let's dive into it. So my first question I ask every guest, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Ooh, um... I didn't really have a specific thing. I just wanted to be move the needle further where my parents were. Um, I kind of came from the unique upbringing in terms of um, both of my parents went to college. Uh, my mom got her master's. So I grew up like I'm suburb as heck, <laughs> but it was cool. Uh, but like I wanted to obviously, but like even not to get too deep into, but even like from my family lineage, there's a lot of people that have accomplished a lot of great things in my family history. So just wanted to make sure that I'm continuing to push that needle and moving that bar forward, uh, the kind of continuing that lineage, continuing that legacy, um, and then passing it on to my kids when I have them as well. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I, I love it. I love I love the openness to um, explore whatever it is, but always just push forward. So that's pretty dope. Right. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about your career and kind of how it's led you into becoming an entrepreneur and working on black menswear. Yeah. Um, so uh, fast forward back to a while. Uh, when I first graduated college, I worked corporate retail for a while. Um, my current, I, lived, I was at uh, Lord and Taylor um, in New York for a while. People don't remember that. Uh, you got to be an 80s baby to remember Lord and Taylor. Anybody that's born after maybe 91 has no idea what Lord and Taylor is, but if you older than that, you know what Lord and Taylor is. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, it's a, it was a department store, like a kind of like a in between, not as bougie as Bloomingdale's and Saks, but de- higher than Macy's. You know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. So, that, that Nordstrom Bloomingdale's yeah. gap right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, kind of in that space. Uh, so we worked there for a while. Uh, I was, uh, and then also worked. At, then after that, was at JCPenney corporate office for a while. 
um, in Dallas. I uh, met my current business partner because he was living in Dallas. And we actually met through an Urban League uh, Young Professionals meeting. So shout out to the Dallas Urban League meeting. We were actually the only two people probably under 25 at that meeting. So we kind of hit it off. And he was like, hey, um, at the time he was promoting parties. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like, like a Tuesday. So, hey, I'm hosting an event on Thursday. Came and I went. He showed a bunch of love. Um, and I've just kind of been rocking ever since. But from that, uh, moved to Chicago, started doing software sales. Wasn't really a passion, but you know, if anybody's ever done software sales, there's some, some good money in there. Uh, so I was doing that. Uh, at the time, I was actually kind of kind of maintaining my passion of writing in fashion. I was writing uh, for this. Uh, this is like this is probably around 2012, 2013, 2014. This is when the blog era was still really going strong. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this is when like you had music festivals was really starting to take off. Uh, so I was writing for this blog out of Chicago called IMF. It was doing really well. We were doing a lot of events. Um, and then uh, my business partner, he and uh, a former business partner, they had a platform um, on Instagram that had a, probably about this time, it's about 2014, probably had about, about 300, 400,000 Instagram followers. And this is in 2014. So this is like when Instagram oh, wow. first came off. Yeah. Pre- um, algorithm change. So this is back when they were posting yeah. a chronological order. Like, you know, yeah. like the most, yeah. the most recent, like if you posted right now, that was the first post they saw. So yeah. engagement, none of that stuff even mattered at that time. Yeah. Um, 90%, 90% of the stuff were food picks. 100 correct. <laughs> correct. Um, so they had that and they had, had built this really solid business model around they were selling time slots, like a 10 a.m., noon, 4 p.m., 8 p.m., because it was chronological order. So whenever that time, that's when people were checking in and had the highest engagement. So they were selling time slots uh, to brands, like brands were like Spreza Box, Paul Hewitt, Axel Wagato, some, some brands are actually still around today. And they were selling time slots. And they wanted to kind of extend uh, their website portion because it's like, this was a blogger. So they was like, hey, we know you do a blog. Would you be interested in helping build out the blog for us? So built that out, did a bunch of fashion covers. We interviewed a bunch of people, everybody from like, June Ambrose to uh, Noah Cyrus to uh, Winnie Harlow to Luca Saba. Like, so we had some good interviews we were doing uh, on that platform, Um, doing some interviews with that. Um, And then as I was doing that and kind of building a name, we had built this organic engagement. I started having a couple, I realized like my passion wasn't doing the software sales, so there's a, uh, a couple of freelance creative agencies in Chicago that allow you to kind of do uh, like freelance work. So I started doing freelance social strategy and influencer strategy for them. I uh, did a couple of those programs. And I kind of was like the inverse. A lot of times people want to create like their, they want to take their nine to five and they want to just take the side hustle so they can be entrepreneur. My initial goal was like, how do I take the side hustle and allow me to pivot my career? Because yeah. uh, I didn't really want to continue to be in software sales. So started doing those freelance gigs and kind of got that and kind of built that up. Um, and that allowed me to kind of position to getting um, a full-time advertising job because uh, I had enough of the freelance gigs. And also I had my own side project. Like, oh, okay, you can do that. And then after that, kind of got into advertising. Uh, started working. I was at Burrell for a while. I was at iCrossing for a while. I was at Weber Shamrock for a while. I was at day one for a little bit. So now I got about eight, nine years in advertising experience um, from that aspect of it. Uh, in that, so that's a long story short on that aspect of personal personal journey. Uh, regarding Black menswear specifically, about 2018, uh, my current business partner, he had started doing this platform. This is back when re- 2018, 2017, repost pages were really popular. That's when everybody was doing reposts. Uh, Shade Room was blowing up back then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And he was kind of putting out his, and he was putting positive imagery out there in the world because he didn't like even the unfortunate situation you see was going on in Kansas City right now about how that 85 year old white man felt that this 16 year old black guy who rang his doorbell was a threat to him. So like they didn't even speak. He just shot him literally through the door. Right. Because right. whatever reason he has this uh, picture and percept, uh, uh concept of fear emanates off just you of the color of his skin. There's no reason for that, but that's what it was. So right. uh, my business partner was like, how do I continue to kind of debunk that by putting positive imagery of black men in the world? Uh, I went to him was like, hey, like you can monetize this if you start owning your own content. Like this repost page is not a scalable business model because you don't own that content. You can never license the uses of it. Nobody can pay, to, pay you to like, because that's not your content. You'd always have to license it from somebody else. So from that, he tweaked that and started doing these things where he would kind of start uh, developing a database of assets. He started doing these meetups because uh, he's a Kappa. There's a bunch of Kappas in Dallas. And he <laughs> get them all together. And they would do these things where he was calling them flash mobs. And they were kind of like the, you know, a flash mob, you just, bunch of guys just mob in one area at a time. So he was doing that and it started to gain some traction. Um, then he started doing one. Um, fast forward to that. We, he probably did about 10 of them around the country, just like different, just different times when he was there. And then October 2019, um, we went to London. Uh, he didn't even go. I went because I was already going to London. We threw this, a London one together in three weeks. Wow. Um, three weeks, we had 42 guys show up uh, okay. in London. And that's when it clicked for me. I was like, oh, we can um, get 40 guys to show up in London in three weeks. If we actually map this out as like a tour aspect of it, we can actually get hundreds of guys to come because now they can plan for it. Uh, they have yeah. time to build it around. We can create advertising. And then in that case, also, we can monetize it because then you're giving brands the opportunity to build in storytelling and building messaging around that. So we got back. Uh, the first one we were going to do, we mapped out our whole 2020 tour. Uh, the first one we we're going to do was the final CIAA weekend in February um, in Charlotte. Uh, so we did that. Uh, got our first ever brand sponsor, which is an organization out of uh, Vancouver called Indochino, a uh, pretty yeah. popular suit brand. Uh, they gave they were our first brand partnership ever. They sponsored an uh, in-store event we called Dapper Conversations, shot it at the Indochino in Charlotte. And then about three weeks after that, COVID hit. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so three weeks after that, had COVID hit. We had this whole plan for this tour. So we were like, dang, but that one went great. So because that was our first tour, we had like 160 guys show up. And we were like, oh, so that it worked. We just gave them time in advance to come. Uh, you could probably edit this out and keep it shorter uh, when you do that in the back end. No, but, this uh, is good. This is good. <laughs> um, COVID hit. So then we were like, dang, what can we do with COVID? Right. So um, mind you, at, at this time, we had already went viral once. I don't know if you've seen the photo of the little boy with the fist in his air. Yeah, Harper, yeah, yeah. That was our photo. Like, we went viral already with that. So then when COVID hit, the second thing that happened during COVID, obviously, was the unfortunate situations of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. So BLM happened. And then, you know, you had the protesting and things of that nature. What happened is during that time, similar situation with us being vilified about how we were protesting and doing that. What happened is people organically user generated content started taking our old content and that started going viral. So people were going back and taking creating their own like uh, TikTok stitches or IG reels 
or photos and saying, no, this is how what we actually are. Because mind you, in our photos, we're standing together in arms. We got our fists up. We're, we're not marching, but like we're walking together. So a lot of people, just, so a lot of our content then went viral again, right? Yeah. Uh, so that would have probably been from that March I'm into July. And then another thing we did is we were locked at home. So then that's when we started our um, podcast. Some of it is called The Check-In. Uh, one of the value asked for that is because everybody at home, we had access to a lot of talent. Uh, so we started doing IG Live interviews and we got everybody from like JB Smooth to Atheon Crockett to Emmanuel Acho to Avant. We got all these people uh, to hop on our podcast because they liked our platform. But then it was like a way for them to also to kind of put them in. So that kind of, so like those things, those are like, it was like an accelerant. Right, um, right, right. And it was, and it was a, and transparently, emotionally, it was kind of a tough spot, right? Like it was good for us financially and business wise um, on the level that we were starting to grow really quickly on the level that, but on the same time, it was also like, would this really be happening without the situation of going on with George Floyd and the Maude Aubrey? Right, right, and right. to be fair, like we weren't opportunists. It wasn't like we went out and started doing it once that happened. They were taking the the internet and the society was taking our old content. Mind you, because right. it's COVID. So we're not cr- going out and creating new content at this time. Right. It's just, it was like, so like that also affirmed the messaging and what we were doing affected people positively, right? Yeah, it resonated. It resonated really well with them. So then we fast forward to um, August and then that's when they did the Million Man March again in DC. So mm-hmm. we're like, all right, we're going to go to DC and we did a flash mob in DC. Uh, and that one had about 300 people. Um, sadly that same weekend we did ours is when our good brother Chadwick Bozeman passed away. Yeah. Uh, that was the day before we did our flash mob. So our first video that we did, especially with it being DC, you know, he's a Howard alum was actually, um, an homage to him where you had us doing like the Wakanda sign, but then the voiceover was even, you, I know you've seen that, uh, iconic, uh, when he did the, um, his commencement speech at the Harvard yeah. uh, Howard graduation. So yeah. we took a snippet of that and put that as the voiceover to the yeah. video as an homage to him, like, you know, rest in peace, King at the end. And that one took off too, right? Yeah. People loved it because it was powerful black men standing in solidarity. It was in DC. Like that kind of really took off. And then that one took off. And then we did Dallas and LA, September, October. Then it just took off. And both of those were over 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, then 2021, the world opened back up slightly. Um, and then we did a full 10 city tour then. Um, and obviously from that, we just been rocking and rolling. Uh, so then yeah. now from that, we kind of been able to realize, oh, and fast forward to now, we've really been able to grow it outside of, I love to say, oh, two years ago, we was just the brothers in the suits. Uh, now <laughs> we have a full fledged business, um, in the Africa. Now we have a cultural impact agency and we say impact because that is something that you can measure. So what we do is we champion positive stories of black men, uh, through real raw and purposeful conversations. So if you are a brand and you want to speak to black men authentically and holistically, uh, you can partner with us and we can do social digital influencer or experiential strategy, uh, for, on your behalf. Got it. No man, that's awesome. I appreciate the all of the, the the context and the background because it's got my wheels turning. One of the things that <clears throat> excuse me is really fascinating because I don't think I've heard this perspective from another entrepreneur or from 
uh, a guest that, that's been on the show is the idea as of your side hustle being your career pivot. Like that's a really interesting thing. A lot of people go back and get MBAs and go to school for that. But you said, you know what, I'm, I, I've got this job. It pays the bills. I'm not really enjoying it. Let me start the side hustle doing something I love. And then that pivots you into your actual job because now you have the experience. Like that's really, that's a really smart way to do it. Uh, that yeah. I think is a common approach. One of the, it's funny you mentioned it that because one of the things are like now because we get to this, I, I'm gonna I do a lot of you know podcasts and panels now, and people are always ask me, so what would you do? I do with a lot of influencers. So the question I get is, I, I want to be an influencer full time, or I want to be a content creator full time, or I want to be this sort of creative outlet full time, but I have a nine to five job and I'm not, and I'm like. And it's like, and they, but you can hear it. It's kind of stated with the sense of like, they don't really like their nine to five job. Right. And I would even say to that, it was like, and I think it's like, I always, my challenge to that is like, look back in terms of why you got that job. No matter yes. what that job is, you took that job, you were at a season in your life, a point in your life where you say, this job is going to elevate me to the place I want to go. Why ever you wanted it to be, that is yeah. for your determination to make. So what you have to then look at is a in this job, what are the skills I'm now developing on a day-to-day basis? Because I have to spend eight hours here that I can then apply to whatever my side hustle is going to be. Don't look at this job that I'm doing nine to five as taking away from the time that you had from your your, your yeah. five to two or your side hustle. Like, what are you doing within that time that can be applied to that? For me, for an example, again, I was doing software sales. I hated doing software sales. But now one of the best things I learned from that is when I'm, we still have to pitch brands. We're still trying to win business. And I learned how to be pleasantly persistent with my emails and being pleasantly <laughs> persistent with my emails is not when you're doing a follow-up. Hey, did you get my note that I sent you last week? Hey, just circling back since we last spoke is, Hey, no, we haven't spoken in the last week. Since we last spoke, we've done A, B, C, D, and E. Right? Yeah. Since yeah. we last spoke, we were covered in this article. Since we last spoke, we were in this podcast. So what yeah. that shows then, it shows that we're continuing to grow and scale in the business. More importantly, it shows that one, we can execute. So if I'm pitching them, they see the other clients see value in us to want to work with us. And two, if you have that other value want to work with us, a lot of times what you realize then is no doesn't mean never. Because a lot of times they said no just because it's not right now. That doesn't mean they didn't want to work with you. That person on the other end could have been beating down the door within their team. Like, hey, we really got to work with these guys. But budgets didn't align for whatever. But the more you keep executing, now you're actually even them giving them ammo to follow up and say, hey, you know what? Yo, them dudes I tried to bring in last time, since we last spoke, they didn't work with A, B, and C brand. They done did right. an F program. And like, oh they, could, oh, they did all that? So, I, But that's one of the things, if I didn't ever have software sales, I would have never learned that skill set of how to continue to move somebody through the sales funnel without being mm-hmm. thirsty or being proactive. It's like in the moment of doing that, I didn't realize that was a skill set I was learning, right? right? But looking back on it, that's what it was. So that's in hindsight, that's my advice to everybody else is like, what are you cultivating on the day? Because you're there eight hours. So you're developing a skill set. How is the skills that you're utilizing? Even if you don't think it transfers to your creative outlet, it does. Right. Right. So like, so that's one thing I would encourage to your point in terms of like, and if you look look at it from that approach, that's what enables you to put the infrastructure in place to help you pivot that career. Uh, And whether it's even if you're wanting to get into another 
to another nine to five like I originally did. But then you also got to figure out how to framework the skills that you've developed in that side hustle to make it applicable, not applicable, but make it um, valuable and appealing to your new potential employer as well. Right, right. It it, it reminds me a lot of um, kind of our mutual friend and former guest, Jason Campbell. He yep. said this 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 quote. Uh, it's it's very smart to learn on someone else's dime, mm, and yep. that is that is spot on. It's like take your nine to five. It might suck now, but it could be your investment in learning that new skill, that thing that's going to you know springboard you to the next one. Um, I love that. That's 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 really smart. Um, yeah, what uh, Dom can you say? OPM, other people money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so I love what you're doing with black, black men's wear. Um, I love the story behind it. One of the things that got my gears turning, cause I know we want to talk a little bit about goal setting. Um, and I want to open it in a, in a unique way. Whereas you guys have seen success with virality. Yep. Um, and so how does the art or the science or the luck of going viral play into your goal setting process like how do you guys balance that because it's so, for someone who's never gone viral it seems very unpredictable now i've heard some people like mr b say it's a science to it but i, I love your opinion and, and your thoughts on it yeah um mr beast is correct there is a science to it and there are things that are replicatable that can go viral in that aspect of it um I would say the main thing in terms of things, in terms of if you want to, it's not about creating content. It's about, as you mentioned the word earlier, what is you creating? Does your content reverberate with the community that's looking to watch it? If it does that, that's what's going to create the virality. Because you think about why things go viral, it's based off of that person who watches this. I want to share this with other people. Yeah. It's yeah. not, I saw this, I thought this was funny. This is so funny. I want to share this with everybody that follows me. Or this is so funny. I want to share this in these six, seven different group chats. That's what makes it viral. So that's what you got to focus on is what is the level of emotional connectivity, whether that be anger, happiness, sad, um, no, whatever that may be. How do you create that? That's in terms of the moment of kind of going viral to be able to do that. Um, Mm So I think that's one of the things we've been able to do well, which is why I say even when our messaging, it says we we tell real, raw, and purposeful conversations. Yeah. We don't just say not positive conversations, real, <laughs> raw, and purposeful. Because yeah. not every conversation we're gonna have is gonna be good. We are some of our content doesn't it goes viral and people project negative things on us why it goes viral. You know, all right. press is good press. And we've gone virality, like, transparently. Uh, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels, because you don't wish death upon anybody. But a lot of times, some of our content went viral, not from us. Is then when he passed away, you had a lot of people saying, these are the brothers going to Kevin Samuels' funeral. These are these brothers mm. like, honoring his legacy. We never said, we never had a conversation with him. We never said anything support. But again, those are other people. My point is, it... He made some people feel some type of way to the extent yeah. to where they saw us. They projected that emotion from seeing Kevin Samuels unto us and yeah. then created a piece of video that then went viral and other people felt that same way. We actually never had a problem with it because mind yeah. you, there was never actual connection between us and we realized this is an emotional connection and a projection 
that you're putting upon us. But at the same time, if our content makes you feel some type of way in that regard, that is still a, that is still a positive thing because right. you're still getting the messaging out there. On the flip side of it, that's a somewhat negative way in terms of we went viral. On a right. positive way, last year, uh, when the Minions movie was coming out, there was all these things about, you know, Minions was pulling up. Everybody started taking our flash mob. White people included were taking our flash mob videos and like, this is how me and the bros, me and the kids pulling up the Minions movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like the whole thing, like we getting suited to go to the Minions movie. Literally, you had like white moms and white dads in like Nashville, Tennessee using our clip talking about me and the soccer, me and the uh, lacrosse team pulling up <laughs> to the Minions movie and it's using the flash mob video. So that's another positive. Again, because it, it made you feel that way. We're not even, we're not doing that, but you seeing that content speaks with you in such a, invokes such a level of emotion that, uh, yeah, you know, that's how we going to pull up to the minions, right? And we, that was on TikTok, it probably was about 30, 40 videos that combined, I think we got like, we have like a case that they got like 50 million views across those 30, 40 videos. And we didn't literally, that was old video content. And what makes it great is UGC. This is user generated content. We're not paying anybody. We're not asking anybody to do this. It's just people that live out there in the social and in the internet world that are choosing to share this on their own. So right. when, I'm, when Mr. B says there's a science, that's kind of quote is the science. Can yeah. you create a piece of content that what they call quote unquote evergreen, that is not yeah. tied to a specific moment, it's not tied to a specific situation, it's not tied to a specific topic, is it evergreen? To where this, it resonates with people enough to where even... 30 years from now, five years from now, people will see it and have like, have some sort of emotional reaction to it. Thanks for listening to part one of our interview with Evan Marshall of Black Menswear. Be sure to tune in next week where we continue our conversation with Evan and explore goal setting, communication and developing as a leader. As always, leave a review telling us what you learned and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on the rest of the series. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit BeHelpfulPodcast.com for more content, tools, and resources that will help you along your entrepreneurial journey. Thanks for listening and see you next time.